Well, good morning again. Daniel Valdez again. Pleasure and honor to talk to you. We got to go over this performing arts aerosol study. The, res- the preliminary results were released publicly on Monday. Came down Monday afternoon-ish, evening-ish. Got to read it over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, we're going to go over it. Basically, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I am going to attempt to break this down in the most layman of terms from the most layman of people, myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to put it in the context of what a rehearsal or basically what a rehearsal or a performance would look like or what day-to-day operations would look like for a marching band considering the um, considering the results, preliminary results uh, that came out yesterday. So, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a link. There's already a link on the TexasBands.com Facebook page. Uh, there's a link on my Instagram page at Dan Valdrez. I'll probably put one if you're listening on YouTube. There will probably be one there too, and there'll probably be one in the description here as well. So, um, this is a big deal. Uh, a lot, pretty much every single performing arts organization in the country backed this study. They needed answers. They needed something as quickly as possible, some sort of scientific something, like I said, bucket of science, that will give them general guidelines or just some information of how this stuff kind of works. So basically we're talking about water droplets here. Now keep in mind I'm not <laughs> anywhere close to being a scientist, but uh, we, we'll see. We'll, we'll try to break it down together because I know uh, people had a lot of questions like, what does this graph mean? What does this graph mean? And stuff like that. And I'm not going to be able to explain the graphs. I'll just be able to kind of give you uh, just, like I said, very layman's, uh, a, a very layman perspective on it. So with that being said, we do a nerd in stuff. Might as well, because I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do a nerd in this year. So with that being said, we are at the University of Colorado at Boulder for the Performing Arts Aerosol Study, round one preliminary results. We uh, tested, I didn't test, not we, but they, smart people, people smarter than me, uh, tested a clarinet, a flute, a French horn, a soprano singer, and a trumpet of how, you know, how air flows through the instrument and uh, what kind of guidelines we can expect there. So if you want to follow along, you can uh, on the um, on the aerosol study. By the way, you need to watch these videos that they came out with of uh, some of the lab work that they did. They're really, 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 really interesting. Uh, so I highly suggest you read this thing thoroughly and then watch the videos that are attached in the document. So obviously we got to go through disclaimers first because we got to put this whole thing into context. So. Basically, it says the results that we got yesterday were from the first week of testing. Um, the study is by no means anywhere close to being done. <laughs> this is preliminary results. Like I said, the whole performing arts community got together and they said, we need results. We need something to move forward to see what we can do for fall of 2020, what that's going to look like, if there's additional equipment to be purchased or be made. We're not sure. Uh, we just need that we need that figured out. Uh, we are providing these preliminary results to assist in the safe return to classrooms. Normally, we do not release data until they have been quality assessed and peer reviewed. So they're basically telling you, we never release results like this. But because of the unprecedented community response, we went ahead and released these. 
it's still got to be quality assured and, and peer reviewed and do that whole scientific stuff. So keep that in mind. Uh, it didn't use a live virus. It didn't use a protected, it, it didn't use an infected person to test this. We're just basically trying to figure out basic stuff regarding water droplets and musical instruments, wind instruments. That's all we're trying to figure out. Uh, so I know a lot of people had questions on that. Like, hey, <laughs> are we going to give somebody COVID and then uh, make them play a clarinet for a while or something? No, no live virus was used. No infected people were used. It was done in a clean room. Uh, for testing purposes. So, this is basically what they came down with. So, obviously, it needs to be peer-reviewed and all that fun stuff. So, I know I took notes on this. Here we go. So, exploratory results, they basically said concentrations of aerosols were high, were relatively higher for instruments that have straight shapes from mouthpiece to bell. So, the clarinet and the trumpet get your jokes in here. Uh, <laughs> uh, anything with like a straight path from the mouthpiece to the bell that had a higher concentration of aerosols is what this thing is saying. Masks and nylon bell coverings all reduced particle concentrations. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but there's scientific stuff here that says, hey, masks work not just on your mouth, but also on the instrument itself. And that's going to be a, a whole other topic. So here's what they did. They basically did three case studies. They did one outdoors and they did two indoors. This is very important. Here's what the outdoor study case provided. It was tested outdoors in a light wind field about two miles an hour. Two mile an hour winds. And it was done in a single wind direction, meaning they had the wind pointed in one direction only. What do we know about being on the field? If you've ever been on a marching field, you know that the winds change. You have an hour and a half, two hour rehearsal. The winds are going to change a couple of times during the rehearsal. So what does that mean? Because the winds change, you don't have to, and I don't want to necessarily say worry, but you have to be mindful that Everybody thought, okay, well, if you're going to play instruments, you just have to worry about the person who's in back of you and make sure they're six feet away, which is true. But you also have to be mindful, the musician has to be mindful of the radius around them, all around them, not just the person in back of them. Like, oh, if there's just one person in back of me, not a big deal. You got to take into account wind. So if it's blowing one way, that could affect other people to your right or your left or your front or their back. So... That is something. Uh, that's something that the the study um, is suggesting. That's it. The president the presented COVID nineteen concentrations and infection risk will likely occur in a radius around the musician rather than just behind the musician. So that is something very very important. The indoor case study, and here's the th this is something really important for indoor rehearsals. What they said. I'm going to get to that in a second. Basically, one of the case studies said with the heating and ventilation, the air conditioning stuff, in a band hall or in a commercial building, like the typical setup for a commercial building, you basically need to install HEPA filters uh, for your HVAC system. And 
not necessarily recommended. It's not something they said, oh, yeah, go ahead and you can have indoor rehearsals. It's definitely something that they said, hey, you're going to need to socially distance indoors. You're going to need to install HEPA filters. And even then, there's still a risk of infection with uh, indoor rehearsals. And we're going to get to outdoor rehearsal stuff in just a second. So basically, this is what they found. Initial uh, findings confirm that the effectiveness of social distancing directives to keep six feet apart, that's, it's, it's effective. Social distancing is effective. That is something they very clearly state here. Six feet apart is the boundary around an infected person, which, and then if you're within that six feet and you're infected, you have a greater chance and there's a greater risk of infecting other people if they're within that six feet boundary. Especially, and this is very important, especially with an exposure duration greater than 30 minutes. So, anything above 30 minutes, if you're within 6 feet of somebody within, for longer than 30 minutes, the risk of infection goes up. And there's graphs to support this whole, you know, keeping 6 feet away. It's very clearly marked, at least it is to me. Probably not to some other people, but it is to me. And like I said, the one of the indoor case studies... Uh, it's less of uh, with the common layout of it, what your heating and ventilation is like. Let's just say a band hall or commercial building. It doesn't say band hall specifically, but it says in a commercial building the typical layout of how it's done. It's less effective at removing COVID nineteen particles, which means you're going to yield a more persistent region of high COVID nineteen infection rate. That's something very important to keep in mind if you're going to do um, indoor rehearsals. Then they come up with a series of general considerations. They have a couple for marching band, but just general considerations when it comes to wind playing. Masks should be worn by all students and staff prior to entering the performing arts room. Basically, they're saying masks should be worn at all times unless you absolutely can't wear them. Meaning, if, you're there, if there's sectional work being done and you're not being worked with, put your mask on. If... Uh, you're doing long rests. If you got long, long bars of rest, put your mask on. Uh, masks, masks, masks. For staff, for students, you basically have to have those things on the entire time unless you're in a situation where you actually kind of have to play. We need to talk about that in a second. No talking should occur in the room while a mask is being properly worn without a mask being properly worn. Let's read that again. No talking should occur in the room without a mask being properly worn. If you are not wearing a mask, you need to shut up. <laughs> uh, don't mean to get all snarky with you, but that's exactly what they're saying. There's no wiggle room on this. No talking should occur in the room without a mask being properly worn. It said, when possible, a mask with a small slit for mouthpiece access should be worn while playing, which means your nose needs to be covered the entire time. At least that's what they're suggesting. Remember, we wanted we wanted science on this. We needed some sort of scientific... This, these are general considerations. Now, of course, they can be refined later on as they find out more information. But this is what they're asking. They're not asking, but this is just general considerations. From what we studied, this is probably what you should do in order to reduce the risk of infecting people if you are infected with COVID-19. Instrument groups in instrument groups where a mask cannot physically be worn, the mask should be worn over the chin and replaced during periods where the student is not playing. No talking without a mask. 
no talking without a mask, no talking without a mask. Directors are like, how the heck are we going to do that? Because <laughs> kids love, when, it, when, trust me, been in those rehearsals, when something's going really good or something's going really bad or something's going on, something, something interesting's happening, the second we stop playing, you're ready to talk to the person next to you. And they're like, no, don't do that. So that's going to be probably part of the, you know, directors and programs are going to have to change the way they go to parade rest or the, the way they go to, you know, we used to call it check. You put your instruments to your side or in front of you and you're just basically resting, waiting for instructions. They're going to have to add in, hey, put your mask on. Hey, put your neck gaiter on. I know programs are are selling their, or they're providing or selling the neck gaiters to uh, programs just because they're super easy. I wear them at work all day long. Uh, and I rotate them out with the masks that people have uh, sent me over the past couple of months. But those neck gaiters are great. It's something to just cover your mouth, cover your nose, and it's really easily accessible even when you're out the, outside sweating in 105 degree heat, which I've done the past several weeks. Um, it's just real easy to put it on, take it off, and you know, you've got your bases covered. Social distancing should occur as suggested by the CDC. So they've already said, hey, social the six feet thing, that's six feet, six feet, six feet. You got to keep six feet. That's what they're suggesting. Again, general consideration. Do programs have to follow it? No, they don't. But this is the science that people wanted, and this is the science we got. Six foot, foot, six foot six base, if you can do that. Straight lines should be used as curb setups can affect the aerosol movement in a room. So if you're indoors, remember, concert arcs might be a thing of the past at least until we get this whole thing under control, hopefully sooner than later. So they want to do straight lines, curved formations. It's going to be difficult to do. You change the direction of the aerosols in the room, especially if you're indoors. That could be, that could put you at a higher uh, infection risk. Students students should sit all facing the same direction, back to front to minimize potential exposure. Again, kind of goes along with the straight lines thing. Trombones should have an additional three feet of distancing, making their space nine by six. Uh, a lot of programs already do this in their drill. A lot of programs already do this um, when they do concert arcs or when they're indoors. It's kind of something like, yeah, the trombones need a lot of room because, well, they're special. Sorry, trombone players. Uh, spit valves should not be emptied on the floor. Period. <laughs> Do not empty them on the floor. Recommended using a puppy pad or similar to catch the contents of the spit valve and discard. Gross, but them's the brakes. Do not empty it out on the floor. That's what they're. That's part of their general considerations. Uh, an option to uh, an option to indoor poorly ventilated space might be an out an open sided tent. Doesn't allow sunlight or vertical mixing effects, but does reduce exposure. Uh, does reduce sun exposure to students. So that's something that, hey, if you're able to do it, like for small ensembles, maybe a giant outdoor tent, keeps them away from the sun. You're not necessarily indoors the entire time. And, you know, that could, that's a general consideration. Uh, marching band, obviously it gives the, uh, it gives uh, uh, a link to some more guidance, not necessarily through the uh, COVID study, but uh, resources that have been available for the past uh, couple of months already. Marching band. Bell covers are highly recommended as masks for the instrument. Bell covers can be made out of multi-layered, high 
uh, high uh, nylon material and provide a barrier for aerosols. That's that's what they're suggesting. Masks, bell covers on the instruments. Bell covers on the instruments. Now, this is a little bit more difficult for woodwinds because air comes out of the keys. So, bags? <laughs> United Sound, uh, UnitedSound.org has uh, templates. I became aware of this yesterday. They have templates on how to make bags and, I believe, uh, bell covers for instruments and stuff like that. And it shows, like, step-by-step process on how to how to do it. Um, that's what they're suggesting. Uh, not only do you need a mask for your face, you are... It's highly recommended that you provide a mask for your instrument, a bell cover, something. That's going to be pretty interesting on how our program's going to be able to... And again, this isn't law. This isn't anything like that. These are just... Because of the science, this is what we're suggesting. Do programs have to follow it? Not necessarily. So, bell covers on your bells. Basically a mask for your instrument. Isn't this crazy? <laughs> in this, in this, what a wild time we live in. What a wild, wild time we live in. These are these are their suggestions, and you know we'll see if uh, we'll see how we'll see how programs react to it. Uh, outdoor rehearsals are considered best practice, and it says uh, indoor rehearsals using CDC guidelines plus bell covers may be considered. So they're basic. The, the main points here are: you need a mask for your face, and it's highly recommended you mask up your instrument. And again, woodwind instruments that's going to be more difficult to pull off um, this is going to be very challenging it's going to be very challenging to have a season this year a competitive season this year and I know a lot of I know a lot of districts yesterday in the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, put an end to their competitive season um, they'll learn a pep show or a halftime show if they're allowed to go to the games um, jury is still out on what that's going to look like. We're still trying to figure out how to get kids in school, and a lot of districts are starting to say, hey, we're doing 100% uh, virtual learning the first three weeks, including fine arts, including athletics. I mean, the next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. That is the... That's the study in kind of a nutshell. Like, it's it has some information, but then again... They still got a lot of work to do. And the reason they released these results is because, like I said, all these performing arts organizations, they have a lot at stake here. There's a lot of financials that are involved in whether they're able to get off the ground in 2020. That it could, And that sort of thing could affect them for years and years and years. So they needed some sort of answers. They needed something. And there's going to be more information to come out. This study's not done yet. And you're going to have more information regarding singers and more guidance that they can provide. It's going to come out later this month. But as far as wind instruments go, this is what they're asking. Socially distance. Keep your masks on. No talking without a mask. Bell covers for your instruments. And I know a lot of band, par- not a lot of band parent organizations were like, well, I guess we need to get to work to make bell covers. Um, and there are templates out there and, and, and how to make them or if they need to be purchased or, or, or however programs decide to do that. Like I said, every pro- like I've said before, every program is different. Every program 
is going to be able to, is going to try to handle this in the best way that they possibly can. So, those are your guidelines for the performing arts, the aerosol study so far. Now, of course, information could, in a couple of weeks, when they uh, release some more results from singing and whatnot, you know, they'll have better guidance. But as far as right now, this is what the performing arts community needed. This is what they asked for. They needed some answers. They needed to know how this stuff works. And this is what you got. Socially distance, bell covers, outdoor rehearsals. And then, of course, masks for your face. How that's going to be implemented, I have no idea. Depends on the program. Depends on whether they're going to have to buy them or if they're going to have enough uh, band parents to be able to sew covers for each of these instruments. It's going to be a challenge, but like I said, these are just general considerations. Programs don't have to follow them, but this is what programs asked for. So take that as take that for take that however you want things got more complicated like i said uh on monday a lot of program a lot of uh programs in a lot of districts in the dallas fort worth area and some programs in the houston area announced that you know they're gonna have to scrap competitive season just because they're not going to be able to ensure safety whether they're traveling to contests or whether they're going to be traveling to football games and i mean decisions like i said a week ago decisions are going to have to be made they're going to have to be done and there's not you know we have to make the call at some point of where we're going to have a competitive season or we're going to do some sort of exhibition or what what we're going to do we haven't even talked about travel yet we haven't even talked about travel very much it seems so far down the road and how are you going to get a program safely to different parts of the state where you know the infection rate is higher or you know, whatever. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. This aerosol study came out. Thank you so much to the University of Colorado Boulder for uh, their continued work on this study. I mean, this is not an easy task. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, I hope I've done a decent job of explaining it in a very layman's kind of term, kind of way, but this is the world we live in now and we're going to have to see uh, we're going to have to try to make the most of it as best we can as, and as safely as we can I'm done here keep in tune for uh, more information texasfans.com Facebook page thank you all so much for um, you know participating in the conversation there try to keep those comments uh, <laughs> try to keep them civil <laughs> I know it's difficult I get it but um, you know we can remember it's about those kids, so we need to we need to be mindful of that. Uh, follow me on Instagram at DanPodValdrez, and uh, let's just keep going. Let's see what's going on next. Uh, I'll talk to you in a couple of days when I'm sure some more information will come out regarding what's going to be going on for the fall 2020 marching season. I'm done here. Thank you all so much for listening. I will talk to you soon. Take care. Adios. Bye-bye.